on today's podcast. I don't know, acrobat. Yeah. Um, let's well, let's start at this. Have you ever been fired out of a cannon? Mm. And you're not legit. Um, I don't know if I can. There's like legal attached to that. Um, <laughs> there's an NDA somewhere with there's my name an on NDA. it. NDA. <laughs> I'm not allowed to. When the fall of man occurred, crabgrass became a thing. Uh, I'm convinced. <laughs> you know, if you want to undertake something that's big, you gotta set yourself up to succeed, and then you have to take the baby steps to get to where you want to go. Yeah, it's never like you can't you can't order success from Amazon. I wish. Gosh, it Unfortunately, be, can you imagine how expensive it would be though? Oh. On today's episode, the very first ever podcast, we're going to be discussing how. Plants, Pilates, and parenting are similar. Mm. At least that's the title with the best alliteration. So in short, there's a common thread between landscaping, exercising, and parenting. And we have full intentions of pulling on that thread, like a person with OCD. So me. Um, and I'm planning to pull that thread super hard. So the thread here is delayed gratification from stubborn persistence and discipline. Ben, do you have any experience with landscaping? Um, yes. <laughs> What's your yard look like? What's the yard situation over at the cashew residence? Uh, it's dismal, um, <laughs> to say the least. You so, ever seen the desert? No, <laughs> no, no, it's, you know, it's not quite that bad. Uh, so You're right, yards... there are things growing. Huh? It's a matter of what's growing. I said there are things that are growing, just it's a matter of what's growing. Yeah, exactly. There, There is plant life um whether or not it's plant life that i want is a totally separate issue um so front yard is fine um oh actually sidebar i had a patch of dead grass like a month and a half ago around one of my uh one of my lights that was on onto my house right i've got like evening lights that come on that'll kind of illuminate everything and there was a patch around one of those lights that was like a patch of grass that was dead, like a big foot and a half, two foot diameter patch. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And I'm like looking around. I'm like, I don't know even know what I'm looking for, but like I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking around the dead grass and I'm like, all right, well, there's not like a fire happening right now. So I don't know why there's dead grass. And anyway, I um, had this epiphany. It was brain, brain thought. I was like, you know what? I bet the connection into the, you know, how the lights are getting power, I bet I'm electrifying the dirt and it's killing the grass. And so uh -oh. I like pulled out the connection, reset it, rewrapped it, uh, or yeah, like put it back together and then rewrapped it. So it was, you know, waterproofed out and then set it. And we're at a month later and that grass is back. So <laughs> wow, that's what it was. You're a problem solver. I'm a problem solver, but uh, and, no. So front yard quick, is. I, I need to point something out. Yeah. You said I had a brain thought. Is brain there thought. is there another type of thought out there that like a stomach thought, like when you get hungry? I'm just I just want to clarify for people listening. Yeah, no, 100. percent There in fact like, could be different thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Like you get hangry, right? Like I don't know. I don't know if you get hangry. I get so. I mean, hangry. I get hangry, but I have a three year old, a three nature, uh, who definitely gets hangry. Yeah. Well, I'm like I'm probably I probably closely identify with her uh when it comes to <laughs> hangriness. Um you can ask my wife, man, Nikki, she's just <laughs> she's she's like you're the poster child for Snickers. I'm like, "Hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to take that, but okay." <laughs> I'm like, "Thanks." 
She's like, no, I can just, I just know when you haven't eaten. And it's really funny. Another sidebar. I was talking to my mom the other day and she was talking about my dad. She's like, I could tell he hadn't eaten. I was like, wait, wait, what did you just say? She's like, I could tell he hadn't eaten. I'm like, what do you mean? She goes, oh, he gets, he gets angry when he's, when he's, when he's hungry. And I'm like, okay, well, you that's where I get it. Angry. Yeah. <laughs> angry. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, so anyway, we'll circle back. So front yard is, uh, front yard's fine. I've got a crabgrass infestation that I really don't know what to do mm, with. Got last crabs. time, last time we had spoken, uh, I, I think I just have to pull it. Um, I don't, I don't know. We'll discuss that at a later time. Um, I just yeah. So there's we have crabgrass in the front and in the backyard. I literally have resodded twice, and I don't know what's going on. Like half the yard's like, no, we're good, and the other half's like, listen, listen, just stop putting us here. We're not gonna grow. Um, yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, and I think it's because you... it doesn't have enough sunlight. I don't really know. Um, so short answer to your question is, um, I know enough to get by, but not enough to be proficient. Sure. Yeah. Question mark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You had a lot of nuts edge, and that, I'm not making that word up. That's what's it, what it's called um, in the backyard. And I remember Ben <laughs> called me or Facetimed or something. He's like, "Hey, can you tell me what kind of grass this is? Because like I want to fertilize it." And I ended up coming over because um, I was in Houston for work, and <laughs> I look at it, I go, "Well, buddy, um, so that's not grass." You literally have a yard of weeds. <laughs> had no and grass. It was all. He's weeds. like, well, it makes sense now. Um, but yeah, so it's a it's a unique situation. You might have to get some sort of like certified horticulturalist out there or something. I legit think the side that's dead is because it doesn't get sunlight, and I can't get my neighbor to trim his tree. So. I don't know. I'm I mean, kinda... you could do different types of grass, but that's yeah. neither here nor there. We can figure that out for sure. But um, I know for me, when we moved into our house, and this is coming up on four years ago, um, when we moved into our house, it was, especially the front yard, was one-third actual grass, and there were no flowers like no flower beds like the the front flower bed at our house that was present was filled with those lava rocks the like reddish mm -hmm. brown lava rocks and then like some um some holly bushes that a lot of people have that the leaves are look like oak leaves and all that but um i may i may ner here disclaimer real quick i may nerd out on some names of plants here feel free to google <laughs> them if you got questions hit me up but it uh yeah i i went hard in the paint with some landscaping but basically i was like this is stupid this is my home i demand to have a healthy yard and so i noticed first of all i know what crabgrass looks like always have and i was like this needs to go this is like when the fall of man occurred crabgrass became a thing um i'm convinced and i heard once i haven't checked on this but i heard once that crabgrass grows eight times faster than normal grass so i'm pretty sure that it's a direct descendant of the fall of man and lucifer himself but so what you're saying is if i just ripped out all my saint augustine and just put crabgrass in You'd have a terrible looking yard because it, it it's like a sunburst. It doesn't grow like normal turf. It's like a bunch of little meteors struck your yard and turned into grass. I mean, like it doesn't. It's terrible. Yeah, 
so it doesn't it doesn't look good and uh, uh. it grows super fast so like if you want to only mow your yard once a week don't get crabgrass it's terrible um but yeah so i i figured out pretty quickly i had saint augustine and keep in mind this this is all going to circle back to the whole just doing little things to achieve a greater change in your life um but we're we're going to take a little adventure here into Micah's nerd world. Um, so I thought, well, if I'm going to fix my yard, then I need to read about what the heck is in my yard. So I looked up St. Augustine Grass Care, ended up finding a PDF titled Maintaining St. Augustine Grass Lawns. And it was a publication put out by an assistant professor, Gene R. Taylor, and his assistant, Jason Gray. You can Google it. Um, this had basically an entire how-to for St. Augustine Grass. And down to like the ratio for fertilizer, which I think Google found one fertilizer that has that ratio. Um, and if you want to know that, ask me, but it's pointless right now. So I'm like, I start reading through this PDF and I'm finally, I'm just like, bump this. I'm going to go pull weeds. So I, I go outside, I start trying to pull up crabgrass. Now, just to give you like a visual here, <clears throat> I'm 6'3 and about 245 i work out and i'd like to think pulling weeds is not that big of a deal um i stopped at about an hour because i'd only made it about five feet my back <laughs> yeah so it also doesn't help that i have herniated discs that oh, are still gosh. healing over time but i can feel it yeah, right now like I, my back right? hurts <laughs> you just feel that little oh. right in the lower back mm -hmm. yeah um or like a hot knife but trying to just freaking grab some of those like baby bushes and pull them out of the ground it was so hard yeah. so then I, mm. I went back to the drawing board and i was like you know what the heck can i do ended up finding some basically a healthy lawn is the best antidote to destroying crabgrass so you're doing it wrong ben mm. is what i'm getting at mm. yeah yeah um, and so anyway, that was like kind of the beginning of my whole like landscaping journey, if you will, uh, that ended up kind of evolving into getting rid of the lava rocks, putting in a couple flowers there, some lantanas, because I know they, they bush out and they're native to Texas. So I was like, well, that's minimum care right there. Lantana. Uh, that sounds like Carlos Santana. They don't play guitar, do they? I think it's his cousin. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but, uh, He's a little yellow, if you ask me. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's the flower. But uh, I I also, we were about to have our first daughter, Charlotte. Uh, or she might have just been born. I can't remember. But I thought, like, how cool would that be if we had butterflies that would, like, fly around our yard? And so I talked to Elizabeth, and we decided we wanted to put in a butterfly garden, uh, butterfly and hummingbird garden. So then back to the nerdery where I start researching butterfly bushes and, like, what actually attracts attracts butterflies and bees and hummingbirds and all that in my opinion if a bee is distracted it's not going to sting me so give them flowers then i don't have to worry about it so that all sounds great until you're holding a machete in one hand and a shovel in the other hand and you're literally carving out saint augustine grass with your hands so i kind of like put down this it looks like the shape of florida not gonna lie but put <laughs> shaped out this thing with some like rocks and and cut the outline 
cut it into grids because I figured out very quickly. Um, if you ever need to move grass, it is a lot heavier than it looks. Like, a, I'd say a probably foot and a half by foot and a half square is going to weigh probably 50 pounds, depending on how deep you, you cut it. Hmm. Especially if it's wet, because it, it just absorbs all the moisture. Mm -hmm. So you're carrying a big bag of water, basically, along with the dirt and the grass and everything. So the reason I wanted to save the grass was because, again, crabgrass is stupid. So I took a, a weed eater and just chopped down all the crabgrass literally to dirt. Then I broke it all up with a shovel, and then I transplanted the St. Augustine to what I ended up calling uh, the continent, because it looked like a weirdly shaped continent in the middle of my yard for a while. Um, <laughs> but yeah, cut out this whole thing by hand. Uh, turns out doing that for an extended period of time with the freaking machete ends up, uh, makes you end up going to the physical therapist. Mm. So I got tennis elbow from landscaping, That's which awkward. to some of you probably sounds like really stupid. And others of you who have done landscaping, you're probably like, mm, I feel that. Literally. Uh, but yeah, I had to go to physical therapy, dude. I, I had tennis elbow in my right hand. and You didn't even play tennis. Just, I don't even play tennis. That's the stupid thing. I played racquetball in college, but I never had a problem. I'm a drummer. Like, for crying out loud, I'm a drummer. Been playing 18 years, and yet here we go. <laughs> Got tennis some elbow. Gra playing some grass drums. is going to take me out. Yeah, Congrats. so it was, it was just terrible. Terrible. Um, I knocked that out. Long story short it all it's all growing up now it's all i mean right now much because it's not the growing season but all the plants come back because they're most of them are pretty native i have a soaker hose going um so around i'd say may my yard looks phenomenal and i've put since put in other plants i put in other flowers um i put some roses around where my ac condensation line runs out so that it'll soak up the water and it doesn't just pull up and drown my grass mm -hmm. um pro tip there but here's here's kind of where i'm going with all this it, i had a i live across from a, an elementary school i had a crossing guard walking past my house one day go man you know i, I walk past your house every day and i just think that is an amazing lawn i wish my yard looked like that <laughs> and the thought hit me like sure but dude you have no idea the quite literal pain that i went through to get to here mm. and it took methodical literally setting calendar reminders like fertilizing my yard and mowing it every weekend letting the clippings fall like literally doing these little things and staying disciplined about it day in and day out to where now all the all the other people see when they like come over to our house and even you i think made some kind of comment like yard looks great you know just a typical just like hey nice to be at your house oh i yard can vouch great. your yard looks in incredible every <laughs> every time i'm over every time we're over at your house it is uh yeah it's kind of irritating actually <laughs> you're welcome so yeah um but that's that's kind of like the the whole point is uh, what other people see as the present situation mm-hmm and we all do this. We look at the present situation and we don't even think about the journey that may have taken place to, to present what you're seeing currently, you know, like right. it doesn't, it doesn't just happen. Um, right. I know for you even like 
there have been times where you put on a little bit of weight and then you're like, nope, not doing this. And then you come de- back down to a six pack. And what, <laughs> what people will see, which if you're going to talk about irritating, I see how difficult it is for me to, to get back to a six pack. And I'm like, dude, cause I used to be a personal trainer and I'm not about like, yeah, if, if you don't have a six pack, you're not healthy. Bump that. That's not what I'm talking about. It takes a lot Bump of dieting that. discipline, like but Ben has some sort of freakish anatomy and physiology where he just decides one day, yeah, I'm going to trim down. And then like two days later, he has a six pack again. When the previous day, he was like 20% body fat. It's like, what the heck is going on? What is wrong in my world that I can't do that? Well, it's genetics or something, but exactly what that. it is. It's literally genetics. <laughs> There's no rhyme or reason. I had a buddy, uh, I've got a buddy that lives in Atlanta. We're actually going to have him on the show. Uh, I think we're going to, um, he's in a, Let's he's do a, it. he's a very successful realtor in the Atlanta, uh, in the Atlanta scene. Um, he does a lot of work with nonprofits and, and he gives, gives, gives. So we'll have him on the show. But he said, I talked to him, uh, gosh, a couple, couple, couple weeks ago, we had the same conversation and he was like, no, it's super irritating. He's like, you'll basically what you just said is I'll blow up. And then I'm like, yeah, we're not about that. And then I'll start lifting again and I just go back down and I'm sure someday it will catch up with me. But, uh, as of right now, it it's it's my body is still responding uh i would say reasonably well so you know (laughs) (laughs) that's so good yeah i know that like you used to be a gymnast or something right like or i don't know acrobat yeah um let's well let's start at this have you ever been fired out of a cannon then you're not legit um i don't know if i can there's like legal attached to that um, there's an nda somewhere with my name on NDA. it i'm not allowed to um no yeah so there my uh my is my background and uh are you, are you asking like my background in exercising or my background like i mean like, just like how how did you because the, the whole point here is little steps. So like, I mean, did you just wake up one day and you're like, you know what, I'm going to put pick up some heavy things and then put them down and then pick them up again? Or I mean, like, I thought you used to do, I know you were a coach, but were you a gymnast or what? So yeah, so my so my background, um, I, I, I started in, uh, I started in breakdancing in high school. Um, that's a story in itself. We can go there if we need to one day. Um, we and don't then, need to break down the breakdancing. Break down the breakdancing. Um, <laughs> and from there led into, I became what I would call a gym rat at cheerleading gyms. And I started, uh, I ended up. I'm sorry. Wait, back up. That sounds terrible. You're a gym rat at a cheerleading gym. Like that. Okay. Sounds no, no, like no, that's some fair. sort of creeper. <laughs> cheerleading. Yeah. I'm just uh, hanging out here, you know, just sniffing around. Like, no, that's like that's terrible. any. Okay. Let me, let me elaborate. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> we're keeping that. Don't edit that out. Um, <laughs> So no, so um, when I mean by gym rat, like any time I had the opportunity to get into uh, cheerleading gyms have what are called open gyms. Um, and at open gym, you go in, you pay like 10 bucks and you have an hour to where you can use the facility. Um, and so that's basically what I mean is anytime they had the option for me to be there, I was there. Um, so I was a gym rat. So um I got into cheerleading through that. Uh, I loved tumbling. I thought tumbling was so cool. Tumbling led me into coaching cheerleading, uh, more of like the tumbling side. 
Um, and then from there led me into coaching gymnastics and then from coaching gymnastics led me back into cheerleading. And then from there, um, I actually stopped doing that. And when, when I moved to college station to go to school, um, I had to like, I planned to work at a gym there and then it just, the money wasn't there. So I had to stop that and get a job that, you know, paid the bills. Um, so fast forward through kind of college, end of college, um, I went through a five and a half year breakup, five, six year, I don't know, somewhere in that range breakup. Um, is that the one I know about? That is the one you know about. Mm. And, um, and it, I went into a depression. And so because of said depression, um, I decided that I wanted to start lifting weights. Like it was just, I needed some sort of outlet. I needed, a way to vent. Um, I don't know. There's something just like almost spiritual about getting in the gym and just killing it. You know what I mean? It was to get my mind out of the dark place that it was that it was at. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, how do I start doing this? Um, and I literally, um, I think I had some buddies that had went to a gym close by and I was like, Hey, where do you guys lift at? Because kind of something that was important to me was like, I'm not going to do this on my own. Right. Like there's, <laughs> I was going to school for 21 hours a semester. I was working after I left school, I'd go straight to work. And after I left work, I'd go straight to the gym after gym, I'd go straight to bed <laughs> and then wake up in the morning and do it all over again. Um, yep. so I was just like, rinse, repeat. Yeah. Rinse, repeat. And it was like, I knew I was like, this is something that I want to do because I knew that working out, like got my mind off of things. Like it, I was depressed and forever. I don't know what the science is behind it, but it, it, it relieved me of depression. It helped with my depression. It helped get my mind off of things. Yeah. And so, Serotonin. yeah. And so, but, but I knew like, dude, after my first week, like I'm so glad I'm back up. I knew that I was going to, I needed like accountability. Like if this is something I'm going to do. Like I want to work out with my buds. I want to work out, you know, I want to lift with somebody because I don't want to lift alone. Um, which is funny because now like I just want to lift alone. I want to get in and get out and get done. <laughs> mm, you're an old fart now. I'm an old fart. We're getting old. Um, <laughs> no, but when it started, I knew I needed that. I needed that push, um, you know, the accountability. And so, um, you know, I made it a point. I found out where some, some, some buds worked out and that's where I got a membership at. And it was this little hole in the wall gym, uh, you know, back home and, um, it was great. It was great. And it, 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 so that's where it started is it started. That's where like my workout, um, I've always been active, you know, gymnastics and chilling and tumbling and all that. But, um, you know, that's where my working out really started. My exercise, you know, been exercising really started, um, where it was, uh, what's the term it was, um, I'd exercised before in passing. Like I wasn't like there to exercise. And like, that is when I was purposely like going into the gym, I'm going to exercise. Um, so yeah. we, it, it, yeah, it was just, it, it, I needed accountability. So we started and it was, you start, I started small. And like after the first week, like I knew I was like, Ooh, this is going to be, I'm going to be, this is going to suck. Like this is going <laughs> to suck. Cause like, you know, after that first week, like when you first start, like how miserable you are, cause your body is like, Oh, it's terrible. <sighs> Like it's just, it's just angry um, because it's, it's just well, like you, you have the lactic acid and then you're also like additionally tired. And part of you is like, I don't understand why I'm tired. I slept. Mm. Like, what's going on? <laughs> and then, and then you start to realize like, Oh, calories are a thing, you know, like I need to eat. Yeah. Um, yep. And you can't like added bonus. If you eat garbage, 
then you're going to feel like garbage oh, and it's it's magnified when you're exercising like for if you're trying to eat right just go start running and you'll figure out real quick if what you ate was good or not because yeah. you'll either throw it up uh or you'll feel good you know yeah. it's one or the other yeah. so it's it's definitely a magnifier and exaggerator of whatever it is that you're consuming as fuel for your body it, is that something that's really going to help you out so for like for me if i'm working out and i i don't know had milk products or if i had just eaten something really greasy oh lord like i sometimes will like just leave the gym because i'll put it lightly <laughs> people don't want to be around me i'll just put it that way so uh you can fill in the gaps there but he's angry yeah it's well no i'm saying uh more from a, a sensory overload um perspective of just crop dusting people so i just wanted you to say it <laughs> I, just, I just wanted you to say it sorry um you, you let me yeah, the water and i so, drink it yep that's good so uh, it's it's that's that's another that could do that could be a whole nother topic so like my like what crop dusting no um how much <laughs> you so like when you get start so like once you get that first i'll back up so that first week right i'm miserable i'm realizing that it's gonna be terrible but like what you're saying like there's so many things that come into perspective like once you start like you decide like hey i'm going to start exercising and one of that is the object of food and i will say this right now that if you and this is my experience um it could be different and i probably i mean there's probably ways to go about doing this now to where it's not so boring uh but food became no longer was fun uh food became fuel um and yep. that was literally it i was very quickly realized what you were saying is uh, after the first week i was like sore i was miserable and i was like all right how do i not be like this because this stinks and the short answer was we'll keep going um you know to get to your goal keep going like keep going this will go away is what i was told and i was like well how do i help it like it stinks i can't <laughs> like <sighs> i remember my so i've always done two two a week legs because legs release the most testosterone and i don't know the science behind it but there was a there were people smarter than me that told me that it's beneficial so that's what i've always done um and i remember the second time i ever did legs the three days after that so i had done legs once i'm this is within the first week of me starting working out I'd done legs once three days later or it was two days later i'm miserable the sore starts to set in but it was legs again three days after that i can't I, i've i've fallen off my toilet like trying to like sit down to go to the bathroom <laughs> like no like it's not it's not funny it's <laughs> was this terrible. like midstream or like no no you... no this is like all oh, okay. right so you you know you've got to take a number yeah three. you got to take a number three <laughs> and uh so you're like like i don't think there was a moment in that in that time of my life where like i remember distinctly i remember distinctly standing over the toilet looking at it and i'm like mm, i don't know if i have to go that bad like <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> like is it worth trying to sit down? Like it was so bad. Anyway, so I very quickly realized that like food was fuel, um, and and that affected. I mean, it really it started as something like that was I wanted to use it as a coping mechanism for depression, right? And it worked, but it very quickly became um, something that I enjoyed. Like after twenty one days, 
for me, the typically after 21 days, for me, the sore goes away. Um, that was the case when I started working out. It was, it was like a month, month or so. Um, I wasn't really sore anymore after every workout. Like, you're still sore, but it's not like that, like, in your muscles, like, piercing sore. Like, it's sore, but it's not, like, overwhelming sore. Right. Um, but, but it really, um, it, it kind of rippled how I address, like how I do things in my everyday life. Um, cause there's a certain, yep. there's a certain level of responsibility that you have to have when it comes to, okay, you're going to exercise, you're going to, you know, you're going to do it the right way. You're going to eat right. You're going to do this, you know, in order to get the results that you want. Cause eventually it came to a point where like, once I started, you know, six months in, I can start to see changes in my body. Also sidebar, if you start lifting, um, absolutely take pictures every like almost week like take pictures take pictures for sure what'll happen is you won't see an immediate change because you're seeing it in the mirror every day but if you go back through those pictures you can see the change and it's super super encouraging um because you can actually see the the fruit of your labor per se right so um so after like three four months and i'd like gotten into it and i liked it i was like all right like I didn't have a specific goal. I, I didn't have a spe- specific goal. I just knew I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to be jacked. Um, so how do I get there? And it was like having to change how I eat, having to change, you know, my sleep schedule, having to change. Like it was so many things that I had to change that were beneficial to my life. And then that kind of mindset. So during this time is when I really learned how to put my mind to something. Um, you know, we, you really legitimately, there's things in everyday life that like you just don't want to do. And I'm telling <laughs> you, if you can put, if, if, if I can, cause like, it's almost like lifting weights and like working out is like, you're exerting your body to the point where like, it's exhausted. Um, it's tired, Which, you know, your muscles and, and hurt. to a degree, like you're, that's the point, right? Like right, 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 right. It's not like bad exhaustion. It's like, uh, oh my gosh, I'm tired. Like my muscles hurt. Like, and I hope this is not news to people, but if you don't push yourself to the limit, you will not. And I mean this in a multiple context of ways if you don't push yourself to a limit, you will not get stronger. Mm-hmm. You, will you will not become more. You, want. you won't, you won't. Ex- you exactly. Know, you have to make the changes actively make the change. And that's what like, that's like where like I've, I've been like where I am right now is I've been out of the gym for, I don't know, six months probably. And I'm just starting to get back into working out and I hurt and it's miserable, but you know what's funny about it is like, I don't care. Like, I literally don't care. I'm like, all right, this stinks. And I know that this is temporary and I'm just going to push through it. Um, and that's like really where like, and, and that has overflowed into many, many other parts of my life, um, you know, by learning the discipline to like, all right, I'm going to start this and I'm going to, you know, do what I'm supposed to do according to people who are much smarter than I am. Um, it, it really kind of set the stage for really the rest of my life. Like, it's cliche to say, but there's something that I learned during this time that applies that's applicable to like everything. And it's just, if you put your mind to like, I promise like it is gonna, it, it, it may not be what you think it's going to be, but just keep going because you will feel so good. Um, you do, you honestly, you have more energy, your metabolism is higher, your, your joints aren't achy. Uh, it's, it's great for sure. <laughs> yeah. I, and that was, that was kind of something I, I wanted to say is like you do these things and you go through life and it's all great, but what do you learn through the experience? You mm-hmm. know, like yeah. there's, 
there's always like a there's a lesson everywhere for sure <laughs> uh, as my mom used to say and if she listens to this, she's gonna die laughing there's a lesson in that there's... and i used to oh my gosh it would drive me crazy when mm-hmm. i was growing up but you know she's right so you know what you go, we're mom. gonna we're gonna elaborate on that just a little more to give mom a little more credit do you notice as you get older you're setting me up here i am setting you up. <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's why you're having me on uh <laughs> do you notice as you get older like i'm turning just into my parents no i'm turning into my mom and dad like everything I don't know if this is going where you thought it was going to go. Everything that, <laughs> like, I remember my I, like being irritated at my parents about as I got older. Like now that I'm like here, I'm like, mm, yeah, that that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, to an extent. Um, and I, I don't want to go on too much of a rabbit trail. This is definitely something we could elaborate on. Yeah, that's another uh, pod. Yeah, we. <laughs> That should be hashtag. That's another pod. Hashtag. Um, you just want to leave it at that. We can leave it at that. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I'll say very succinctly. Um, yes and no. Uh, as I get older, especially being a parent now, it's like, okay, what were the principles that my parents taught me? But having been on the receiving end, maybe I wouldn't have done it exactly the same way. <laughs> um. <laughs> You know, like yeah, I feel you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, yeah no, I got there's you. a lesson in that. Yeah, yeah sure. But sometimes it, it almost was like a, a dismissive, like, you know, d- well, don't ignore what you could be learning. And, yeah. and it's like, well, I'm kind of hurting right. Now. Not that my mom actually was fin- phenomenal at addressing me when I was hurting from the way people were treating me or whatever. But um, your mama, she's mama. she's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, and my dad, in kind of the same way, he definitely taught me how to be responsible and how mm-hmm. to stick with your commitment. Um, but I think that there were times when <laughs> I'll, I'll say this in public. I, I don't think that he always understood like when I had a job uh, at Schlitterbahn on a Saturday that I needed to go in at a certain time. So I wanted to rest and I wanted to sleep because I had worked a double the day before he would still get me up at the same time. And he's like, yep, it's time to get up. It's Saturday. It's time to work. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to, I have two hours till I have to be at work. What are you talking about? You know, so <laughs> there were a little bit of contextual things that I, I would definitely change, but I feel like across... the irony in that though, is that like what dad did, that's the reality of life. Like <laughs> there's, yep. that's, that's what's going to happen is you're going to, you, all right, I'm going to, I got up this. at five 30 this morning because my kids wake up at the same dang time every day. Yeah. So, so it doesn't really matter what I want to do. It doesn't. That's what that was. That, that was kind of what I was getting at is, is that's funny that dad did that because little did you know, he actually set you up for adult <laughs> adulthood, Big whether facts. you realize it or not. Oh, does that answer your question? I think maybe. Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I, and I think that for people listening, hearing that, uh, being able to relate to it or even just, thinking like well shoot i i really need to start working out you know it's the last day in january and mm. i'm already that wagon you know and i had the new year's resolution i'm gonna lose weight and i'm gonna work out and all these things sometimes that fear i'd say most of the time that fear can creep in and what you do with it in response mm-hmm. is is what's gonna make or break you and yeah i gotta say just as a former personal trainer and a fellow human being um it's going to hurt, like Ben said, especially the first week or two of you starting because your body, it kind of like you said with the flipping, your body wants to fight it. Your your body is built 
to maintain its status. It's mm-hmm. called homeostasis. So mm-hmm. if you try to do anything, change your diet, um, literally getting up earlier, uh, the habit of you going to a new place daily or every other day, whatever it is, your body will internally fight it. And it, it is difficult. Um, on top of that, when you start, like I joked earlier, picking up heavy things, putting them down, picking them up again and all that, your muscles will scream at you because they're like, why are you doing this to me? Because your like normal it. state is typically we're not exerting it's ourselves. rest. Yeah, rest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so um, it's Netflix and chill. It's not like actual chill. It's not like, let's go do something. Let's yeah. go bungee jumping, break dancing, whatever. Um, and so just as an encouragement, don't let that, I'd say the first month, don't let that first month dictate your outlook for the rest of the year. Yeah. Push, push through that first month. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a lot of benefit of growing through something rather than just avoiding it is, which is something we will be talking about on this podcast. Um, so to so push through it and I, and I too am, am speaking from experience. I was six, three and one ninety until my, I'd say until the summer of 2011. Mm-hmm. So you and I knew each other when we were at cafe Excel. Um, how, how would you describe me physically at that point in my life? I would just, I've never even asked you this. Just like, how would you describe me when we work together? Gumby. Hmm. <laughs> It's because I'm green, isn't it? And I have a horse that's a friend. Yeah. I I say I was a walking stick figure um, for sure. It, it, I did not have a lot of meat on my bones. Um, yeah, skin and bones. You were uh... like, have you ever seen that Sasquatch video where he's walking through the woods? That's how I felt like I walked, mm-hmm. like because my arms just hung by my side, and I was really good at racquetball because I had long orangutan arms, and that was great. Yeah, you touch but... wall to wall with just exactly. <laughs> If giants were real, Micah would have been a toothpick. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I wouldn't have even been the main course if he ate me. I'd just be like, "Um, yeah, I'm just picking you out of my teeth. So, uh, yeah, I was 6'3 and 190. And for those that can't really, like, picture that, just skinny is really the point there. And and kind of because of my background uh, of, like, how uh, non-friends treated me growing up, I had this mentality of like, I don't look like a man. Like I know I'm a man, but I don't look like what I would think I'm, I'm like a man looks like. And right. that's not like a, that's not a judgment call on another guy. It's just for me personally, how I thought I should look, I did not look that way. And that was something maybe really deep inside me, but I saw it more as a motivation than a deterrent. Mm-hmm. And I took this class my yeah my last semester of undergrad so fall of 2011 I graduated a semester late um and I took this class that quite frankly I thought like we all have these classes I thought it was going to be a blow off class and I was like man this is going to be cake you know <laughs> this is just buffering my semester and it it would have been uh except and I kind of thought it would be a relief but I was also taking 18 hours at the time, which for some of you is like, okay, I took 21. Come at me. Um, but I feel like 18 is a lot too. Like, I feel like anything over 15, I think is uh, you're you're pushing yourself. <laughs> yeah. And so I was taking 18 hours. I was also working at Cafe Excel with you in College Station, and then 
which was <laughs> it's just a humorous time. Uh, but working there, I was also volunteering for two different things on campus. I had just recently-ish gotten in a relationship that ended up lasting a year and a half, doing all these things. And on top of that, this class that I've been referring to was called Leading Change. And you had to do a, I was a, my undergrad was in leadership. My, you had to do a personal change project. And so for me, I was like, good gravy. So on top of 18 hours, I've got to go out and do some sort of weird personal change project. What in the world? <laughs> but it was all, it was all based in, I was like, I don't need to change anything. Enough going on. I'm good. Um, leave me alone. Yeah. Speaking of homeostasis, like leave me the homeostasis alone. Um, <laughs> but I, it was all based on this outline in a book um, by Chip and Dan Heath. You can definitely get that on the Amazon um, where all of us now get our things from. Mm-hmm. If you're American. You know um, what? They just pushed past $1 trillion in valuation. Just random fun fact. You know what's even more ironic and full circle? Mm. This class that I'm talking about is where we discuss the tipping point of Amazon, how they went from a book sales website to basically everything you could ever want, including groceries. A super Walmart there. on the internet. Yep. yep. <laughs> Santa during Christmas time. But um, anyway, so <laughs> I, uh, yeah, we had to do this personal change project. And in the book, Switch How to Change Things When Change is Hard. Uh, there were three aspects that you had to address. And I'm going to go over this real briefly uh, for anybody that's interested. There are three aspects and it's a, it's a big metaphor. Okay. So there's the writer, the elephant and the path, the writer being like the person on top of the elephant. And then the path being the thing that both of them are traveling down and you have to address all three aspects. You can't make change happen. Um, the shortest version I could put this is, Make it as difficult to say no to what you want to do, and you will have a much easier time following. Hashtag through. accountability. Let me back up. The the writer is your logical self. Like, does it make sense to go work out? Sure. You know, like, th- are there health benefits to exercising? Yes. Yes. And for the record, I'm not talking about just weightlifting. I, I'm my actual goal was increase strength by forty percent and be able to run four miles without stopping. Uh, in addition to having a regular workout routine of four days a week. Because we had to have very specific metrics of how we were going to measure our project. Also, what? Also, I want to be able to lift a car over my head, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, it's a Prius, but whatever, it still counts, right? So (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I, uh, I started doing this, and I think it was 42 days. I crushed my goal and then just kept going. Mm. And what I realized was the writer is your logical self. So it made sense to work out. And I knew that there were benefits of working out. And then the elephant is your emotional self. There is a reason that it's, it's an elephant versus a human. You know, the emotional self is like, man, I just don't feel like it. Like you were saying, like, dude, I don't feel like working out. Uh, so we're coming over right now, and we are going to go work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. Do you know what she said to me today? Like, do you know what happened today? Like, do you know what grade I got on that test? I don't feel like working out, dude. I'm tired. It's I raining. I don't care. Like, I want to. I want to go inside. <laughs> we're yeah. getting in the gym. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. But but typically, if you're if you're alone and experienced, then you're. It doesn't matter how much of your logical self is putting this together and making sense of all of it. If you don't feel like doing something, you're just flat out typically not going to do it. Mm-hmm. 
typically there are occasionally where you can have a lot of like willpower and you just do it but the biggest factor in that is the path at least for me was the path because the way you can think of it figuratively speaking is if there's a lot of debris on the road that elephant doesn't want to track anywhere if there are trees down it's not going so basically the translation here is if there are a lot of barriers to getting my backside in the gym, then I'm probably not going to feel like going to the gym. And this is where the whole idea of like, make it as difficult to say no as possible comes in because for me, yourself up to win. That's what I'm saying. So for me, this is going to sound crazy. I, I barely would go to the gym, like maybe once a month prior. And I was like, I got to do this change project. It's only going to benefit me. So the logic was there. The logic was set. I did have a little bit of an, an emotional attraction to it because i was like okay micah this is your chance you actually have to do this for a class you know like all the reasons are there to get it done and you're never gonna have as good of an opportunity than your current one where your college has an amazing rec center like you're about to be an adult off on your own so just you're not gonna have time then so you may as well do it now um and this sounds crazy it was the smallest adjustment i would i had started by putting my clothes in the car at the West, for those that are Aggies listening to this, the West campus parking garage for the record is across the street from the rec center. Like you, you would think that'd be a really easy decision, but I put my clothes in the backseat of my car and I'd ride my bike across campus to go to class and wherever I needed to, to get. And then I would ride my bike back up to my car. And then I get there and be like, yeah, but, like reasonable things. I'm taking 18 hours. I've got to work tonight, you know, and like tomorrow I got to go film for breakaway and I got all these excuses started piling up. So I was like, I'll go home and do homework. Once I get it finished, I'll come back to the gym. Well, let's be honest. I went home and played call of duty, fell asleep. There was no homework being done. Right. Um, Ben could probably relate to this, but But your KD ratio was nuts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Important things were there. You yeah, know? that's um, right. <laughs> but literally that took, I think, a week and a half. If I'm being honest, like a week and a half before I realized, like, Micah, you are not doing what you set out to do. So here was the small change. Here was the very small but very significant change that I made. I put my clothes in my backpack that I was taking to class and I wore my tennis shoes instead of my, at the time, Tom's. And I eventually that evolved into, I would literally just wear athletic clothes wherever I was going out and go home sweaty. Not a big deal. That cut out me going up to my car and then having an opportunity for those excuses to set in. So just to give a visual, it was kind of like, riding my bike on this main breezeway pathway, whatever. Um, If I rode it straight, I would go to the garage. If I turned left, I would go to the rec center. Some of you Aggies are like, I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, But instead, when I went left, once I was in the door of the rec center, I was like, let's do this. Let's crush it. And I had, I had paid my friend, uh, Angel, who was a bodybuilder at the time. I had paid him to help me write up a workout plan again, make it as easy to say yes as possible. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if I had the workouts, it's a lot easier to do. So 
Fast forward to a calendar year later, August of 2012. I had put on 30 pounds of muscle uh, via hefty diet. Uh, you know, diet and exercise doesn't always mean the same thing. Like sometimes if you lose weight, you got to eat less and eat right. Uh, if you're putting on weight, my lunch was like a giant bowl of pasta with chicken and tomato sauce. And then for dinner was a monster burrito with double meat uh, from Freebirds. In case those hefty, of you. Hefty, hefty. Yeah, basically, <laughs> right? So just cram it down yes. and three meals. Like uh, don't eat multiple meals in a day. You're trying to keep it on. And so I put on 30 pounds of muscle. Uh, was working out five days a week. Sometimes we're going on a Saturday to do some like some running or whatever. So I went from 190 to 220. And then over the course of the following year, not only did I drop down to 9% body fat, I also studied and became a personal trainer because my mind was like, okay, if I did this and I feel great about this, then why not help somebody else do this? I had no experience otherwise in anything to do mm -hmm. with exercising. Right. And what I learned from all of that is not surprisingly the same thing I learned later in life with my yard. And here it is. If I am clear and consistent with the little daily things that let's be honest, sometimes seem unimportant, then major impactful changes come. And so that's kind of the, the, the theme, the thread here that I said, I was going to pull real hard on, right. Is with the yard and Ben's experiencing this. He's like, okay, I, you know, adjusted the little wires in the light and boom, my yard's back to normal. Just got to figure out the backyard situation. No Maybe dead. it's a shade. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then uh, for you, the same kind of thing, you were actually trying to get out of a depressed state with the breakup and you started working out, which scientifically is proven to improve depression, like make it like go away or at least make it better without mm -hmm. medication. Right. Uh, I'm running the risk of you telling me, no, that didn't happen. But did that happen in your situation? What did, did it I... happen? Like with the depression side effects. And oh, it, so I, I'm a firm believer. Um, and I say this completely joking in passing. So if I get murdered for this later, I'm joking. Uh, you want to get jacked? Go through a breakup. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that's straight up. Like it's so funny how like my situation kind of resonated with like when I got to working out and I started like meeting people who, you know, worked out and, you know, my circle became people who were lifting. Right. Like, it's so funny when you get to like talking about, you know, how people started and how they got to, you know, basically where they're at. And it's just like, and at least in my situation, it was overwhelmingly. Um, I mean, it was, it was a, it was, an escape from something um it was you know whether it was depression or whether it was you know it was some sort of escape um and that's i mean for me that's exactly that's how it started is, is, is it started as an escape and then it became something that um really uh, formed who i am today and like kind of how my mind not how my mind works but like my like i said before my drive um you know, it's just I know what it takes and I know what I went through. Um, and it is applicable in everyday life. Like, it's not just the small things that, like you said, the small things that you do to set yourself up for lifting to be successful in working out and, you know, exercising and being active. Whether you realize it or not, you're kind of conditioned, at least for me, this is how it worked, was I conditioned myself a certain way and I conditioned myself to 
you know, if you want to undertake something that's big, you got to set yourself up to succeed. And then you have to take the baby steps to get to where you want to go. Yeah. It's never like you can't, you can't order success from Amazon. I wish. Gosh, it would Unfortunately. be. Can you imagine how expensive it would be though? Oh, that would be like, how they hit the one trillion dollar mark. You know what I mean? Pledge my firstborn. You're like, listen, 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 listen. You yeah. can have, no. <laughs> <laughs> make a deal. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's the little things you can't just order success on Amazon. Uh, that would actually make for a fantastic bumper sticker or decal. But, uh, just kind of tying all this together, there are plenty of other scenarios, uh, experiences where you can draw this common thread. Uh, it could be extreme sports. It could be MMA. It could be ballet. Cause I know Elizabeth's done ballet before she's even done point, mm-hmm. um, which Ooh, if anybody hard. knows, oh. yeah, if anybody knows ballet point is not easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, yeah, Elizabeth real quick sidebar. She was a, a ballet dancer but then also she could dance hip-hop so she was like both ends of the spectrum uh could get down with it but all that being said i'm just gonna breeze right past that uh can we just talk about how you just <laughs> never mind nope continue go ahead nope yep. yep so uh just ignoring that there there are plenty of other i don't know situation scenarios where this could be applicable but one of the things that I want to make sure we we discuss is just parenting because all of us have been around kids to some extent. Uh, there are plenty of people in the world that this is science that I'm making up um, here on the spot. And this is uh, backed up by no science whatsoever. That The majority of people that become adults want to have kids. Mm. Uh, and that is factually only provable by me. Um, not even Wikipedia. So if you go to Google that, it's probably incorrect. But for the sake of this podcast, I'm going to say majority of people want to have kids. Right. Or the, is... the, the majority of people maybe in our, in like, I would say the av- let's if we're talking like the average person, right? The average person. Well, I'm like, saying over the course of their life, like they want to have kids. Like, yeah. I'm, yeah. There, but there are a few people who just flat out don't want kids. Yeah. So probably, yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. Cats, but there's you know? what you're saying it's is whatever. there's a, there's a, there's a, usually people want to that's the general idea is people want to have kids at some point in their life right so that's again only backed up by science from between my ears Um, if you want to throw a fit about it then we don't care (laughs) or by all means hit me up on twitter i will definitely not argue with you Uh, if you don't want kids you don't want kids but nonetheless uh I've been around kids most of my life, whether it was nephews and nieces, being a camp counselor at Pine Cove, or being a teacher for five years. Yeah, now I've got two daughters, one who thinks she rules the world. Mm. Um, She's a a little three-nager, or as I used to call her, a dictator tot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's good. I like that. Yeah, so... (laughs) That was uh hmm. like when when we were at the lake that one time. That was when I called her that she was a dictator. Todd, she'd be like, "You come in with me." It's like oh. I was okay. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you don't have any kids. I know this, but what for everybody listening? What do you have? Uh, lots of hobbies. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm talking about I'm free talking time, about... Micah. I have free time. <laughs> 
Sleep. You have plenty of sleep. <laughs> uh, sanity also on sanity. the list. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, no, I've got. I mean, I, we've got two dogs. Um, it, it's 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 not this. It, here's here's what I here's how I understand it. Um, it's not the same, but there's a. I, I've been told that there's a certain level of similarity. Um, <laughs> I may have been the person to tell you this, but <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, definitely from you, but it's, I've definitely heard it other places than you as, as well. It's just, it's um, I think to a certain point in the child's life, it is kind of like having a dog, but at some point, you know, the kid begins to speak English and, the dog is still taking crap outside and you know not speaking english i can't i don't know what i would do if i like walked into my living room and charlie was like hey i'd be like oh i'd probably scream and then cry <laughs> and then crap my pants i don't even know all um, natural responses yeah, like, i don't know i think there's a part of me that might be super excited because he's such a cool dog i could be like dude what do you have to say <laughs> <laughs> um but uh yeah so I've, I've got fur babies if that counts yeah i would i mean my own again scientific opinion from the gray mush between my ears mm. uh i think it counts for something because like you said it's not it's not similar in total but there are similarities yeah so it's there are yeah like i can't i, I, I can't when i have a kid like when i leave the house i can't put it in a kennel for 12 hours i mean not that well, i put my dogs in kennels for 12 hours they're actually house trained uh, and we are yeah, not PETA, away from the house more than eight hours. huh i said PETA, please do not come after us yeah PETA, please no no <laughs> but yeah like you can't i i don't think you can um <laughs> well, right you can't put your, right can you not put your, i don't think it's appropriate uh, to so put your kids in cages cut right there um <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I, I've got pictures. <laughs> it sounds so bad. <laughs> I've seen this picture. I know what you're talking about. I've seen it. <laughs> Charlotte, like it's her favorite thing for whatever, or at least it was. It was her favorite thing. She every time she sees a dog crate, she would crawl in and shut the thing, the door, and we're like, uh, and then you like you're caught off guard because you have to. You feel like you have to defend yourself as a parent, like. Okay, I swear she didn't learn this at home. You know, we have dogs, but like she didn't go in the dog crate, you know. And, and then what's bad is like we also joke whenever we're out somewhere like this past weekend, we took a weekend away and um we somebody was like, "So who's watching the kids?" We're like, "Oh, our dogs are." <laughs> and it's like so did the cuz we have two border collie mixes and border collies by nature are pretty smart and it's like did the dogs trick her into getting in their crate or you know and i'm sure there's a fun fictional purely fictional again made up story of the daughter <laughs> that trained herself to be a dog you know there are definitely similarities between parenting and and dogs like and i said this on the phone the other day having that for anybody that has pets out there you have that mentality uh, whether you realize it or not of like going from being totally single, like not being responsible for another being to all of a sudden you have it in the back of your mind. Like, Oh, I need to feed my dogs. I need to feed my parrot or whatever, it, which I would love to have a parrot, but ah, my dog would so kill cool. it. <laughs> yeah. But um, I found one literally crossing the street one day and no lie. I coaxed it with crackers. It was a scarlet macaw and my wife can attest to this fact, including Charlotte. She can also attest to it. 
it was literally a parrot crossing the road and Polly wanted a cracker. Back to what I was saying though. It didn't happen. I I got a pick of the claw marks on my arm, but nobody believed me. Anyway, um, (laughs) but like you have it in the back of your mind of like, I need to get home and take care of this dog or I need to take care of the cats or whatever it is. Um, So that's a similarity. Also the, the kind of discipline aspect, whatever discipline looks like for you people in your world, being clear and consistent about expectations of like, don't stick your finger in the light socket kind of thing. Like you need to maintain that line in the same way with the dogs. We don't like our dogs crowding us while we're eating dinner at the table. Uh, generally speaking, not the best idea, but Hey, your rules at your house, that's fine for us. We squirt them with water and it's to the point where like we did it three times. And now if we just hold up the bottle, they back up. Mm-hmm. We don't abuse our dogs whatsoever, but there are boundaries, right? So, um, I think the same... I think boundaries for dogs. Are, this is also probably a separate issue, but I think boundaries for dogs are. are I'm not a dog expert by any means, but I've got two really well behaved dogs, and boundaries definitely are a good thing, even if it's for dogs. <laughs> I mean, boundaries in life between people are a good thing, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, um, I uh, having had my experiences where you know, like teaching, I taught eighth grade for two years out in Elgin. I taught eighth grade at Leander Middle School and then um, sixth grade and eighth grade at Stiles Middle School. And in those experiences, especially with sixth graders, which for the record is like herding cats while you're spraying them with water um, at the beginning of the year. It's awful. It's how to maintain organization is quite the feat. So I, I remember like just looking back on it, I remember probably the first month, if not two months, I would come home with headaches almost every day because I was so stressed. It was a whole new world. I hadn't taught sixth grade before. I'd only taught eighth grade. So like I, I had taught eighth grade and coached football. So going from, you know, reasonably structured and a little bit stern um, approach to things to sixth graders, which for us Texans is still middle school, but they just came out of fifth grade where the expectations were completely different. Now they're having lockers and they're having to carry things around and they don't know what an agenda is. So you have to explain it to them and all these things like it's, it's a whole different world. So having clear and consistent expectations goes a long way. Um, And I think that's kind of the, the tie in here of like, making sure you know what trajectory you're on and you're being consistent about it ultimately develops a great result. So for example, with the sixth graders, my first week, (laughs) this is so bad. I feel, I still feel terrible. I actually saw this kid. um, Where was I? Whole foods 365. Cause I live in Austin and that's what we have. Mm -hmm. Um, But I saw him at whole foods the other day and he's just standing there and I called him out by name. I was like, Hey, so-and-so like, good to see you and he goes oh you remember me i was like of course i remember you so anyway this kid first week of school we had a very simple assignment just like write your name and write a paragraph about what you did over the summer or something something like that and he it might have been the second week but either way i had written the agenda on the board every day what we were doing Mm -hmm. and then each individual day, say it was Tuesday. So for just Tuesday, I would have what we're doing, how we're doing it, and what you need on the board when they walked in. 
Um, I also told them on Monday, write down the agenda for the entire week. And that way you have it with you at all times. So this kid comes up to me and he says, we'll, we'll call him, I don't know, Daniel. Okay. Uh, that was not his name whatsoever, but I have a friend named Dan. So we'll go with Daniel. All right. So Daniel comes up to my desk, Mr. Brown. Um, I, I forgot my assignment. Now all mm. I, I got to pause. All the teachers out there are probably like, sure you did. Sure you did, Daniel. Let me, t so <laughs> you'll resonate with me on this. Um, and here's my one political stance. Teachers are underpaid and have way too much on their plates. Um, but he says, Mr. Brown, I forgot to do my homework, my assignment. And I was like, okay, explain to me how you forgot it. He's like, um, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just forgot it. And I said, Daniel, what's on the board and has been there all week? Um, the agenda. I said, mm -hmm. right. So where's, where's your agenda? I don't know. And I said, well, there's your first problem. I said, I don't remember everything. I've, and I pointed, I said, I've literally got sticky notes all over my desk of things that I need to take care of because I'm not going to remember it. So why is your agenda in your locker? Um, I don't know. I, I, I guess I forgot. And I said, Daniel, I know for a fact that your entire team of teachers, they all require you to bring your agenda to class so that you stay on top of things. Am I wrong? And he goes, no, sir. And he started to well up. And, and I said, so if you wrote down everything that was on the board and put it in your agenda, and then every day I'm reminding you what you need to do, and it's, again, on the board that I'm pointing to and discussing with you every day, doesn't it seem a little odd that you forgot to do your assignment? Yes, sir. And he just starts crying. And I was like, oh, no. What did I do? Like, I legitimately felt bad. Like, I started panicking. I was like, no eighth grade. Eighth graders would argue with you. Like, yeah, but you see, I've got this thing going on and this mm -hmm. thing going on. And I, like, some sort I was of excuse. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I worked at a Title I school. So those kids were like, they will straight up tell you exactly what they think about you. Um, mm. And so going all of a sudden to a, kind of upper class middle school sixth grader uh very different experience i won't say anything past that just a very different experience and he starts tearing up and i was like what did i do did i just insult this kid like i'm so sorry right. and then i realized he was just panicking because i'm now a bigger guy and i was being very stern and straightforward and not letting him wiggle and dodge and that sort of thing so um that's i i ended up making sure that he had that assignment. i said listen this is your your grace right now i said do you understand what grace means and he's like uh kinda and i said it means you get something you didn't deserve mm. okay you get till our next school day which is monday to turn this in listen you got two days to knock this thing out and it's not hard like it's literally a super easy assignment on purpose two days if it doesn't come in by monday you and I are going to call your parents together and explain to them what has occurred. And he was like, yes, sir. Well, guess who showed up on Monday with his assignment? It mm. was beautiful. So that being said, I had to maintain, here are the rules, here are the expectations. And when you, when you don't follow them, this is what occurs. Mm -hmm. And what something I have to point out in this particular 
quick side of what was going on. What allowed to what that allowed to happen was that I maintained relationship with my students, and what I'm and I've, that's carried into parenting. What I mean by that, and my wife Elizabeth also agrees with me um, in this, is that whenever somebody does something uh, against the rules or against the expectations, they they typically a kid, at least in my experience, would want to bow up against me and think that it's like personal and i had a kid one time you know mr brown this isn't fair come on brown like you know that i i get my stuff done and all those kind of things and i just i I can see this kid in my face uh i said my man what was the expectation well i know but i just but no 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 no, pause time time out time out when was this due today okay when did I bring it up to you? I don't know, like last week. Right. Did you have it ready to turn in today? Well, but I was, no, no, I'm, I, I am sure there are plenty of things going on in your life. There, like there are in mine. Did you have it ready to turn in today? No, sir. Your, okay. Your sixth grade life. You guys, you're so busy. Well, this was an eighth grader. Eighth this grade story, life. He, it's so busy. Yeah. But... <laughs> They, uh, in his defense, he was one of the kids who had a job at eighth grade to help his family like pay bills. Gotcha. So, okay, but I, what I, what I told him, I was like, okay, listen, when, when was the first time that you decided to bring this up to me? I said, was it this class period? He goes, yes, sir. I said, okay, I, I know what's going on in your life and I have a lot of sympathy for you. This is nothing personal. The assignment was due today. You did not discuss this with me until today. There's not a lot of gray area here. It's nothing personal. I'm not mad at you. I'm a little disappointed because you didn't like, you know, handle it in a better way. But okay, what can you do differently here? So all that being said, now as a parent, even with my three nature, as I call her, it's the same thing. It's like, Charlotte, (laughs) do not, like the other day, Charlotte, do not squirt the puppies. She had the squirt bottle from the table. Hmm going full circle here Mm -hmm. but they're coming close they're they're right there okay but they're laying down and they're over there like they're far away i said do not squirt the puppies and we all know what happens right she's Mm -hmm. holding the squirt bottle right against her chest and she's pointing it right at willie while looking at you simultaneously (laughs) exactly (laughs) i don't even have to put this scene in your mind it's like Mm -hmm. she's pointing it at willie and i said charlotte if you squirt the puppies, you're going straight to timeout. And guess what happened? She put the bottle down. No, she <laughs> squirted Willie right in the face. Dang it. And I immediately I grabbed for the, it. Yeah, right. Uh, so I grabbed the bottle, picked her up, and walked her straight to her room. Guess what she did? She started screaming, No, I don't want to go to timeout. We sat there for two minutes, and anytime she's in timeout, I sit with her. And we hold the timer up so that she can see the dial. Like on the iPhone, it, it's a little orange oh, circle. Oh, it's terrible. It's so slow. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, for two minutes, yeah, for her, it's, yeah. it's extremely well, slow. But I like that. But guess what? The, that's been our thing lately is like when we tell you to do something, it's not something outrageous. Like you just got to obey. And so that all kind of ties into what Elizabeth and I decided in our first year of marriage. It's that we had bold line issues, like the bold line in the sand kind of thing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so one of those is like being directly rebellious or direct disobedience. Those are things that, that is a bold line issue. Like it doesn't, we're not going to ask her to do something outrageous. We're not that kind of parent, you know, like, we'll just jump off the cliff. It's a fun dive into the water. You know, like, that's not what we're talking about. Charlotte, you got to raise the foundation. The walls are cracking. You got to get under Uh, there and and put in piers. (laughs) Right. So it's, it's something like, don't squirt the dog, you know? And she squirted the dog. That's direct disobedience. That's a bold line for us. Right. So we're very clear and consistent about that. Now, what that translates to is that over the years, as she grew up, hopefully, and, and I've seen this in other people's lives. I've seen this in my life. You know, you have parents that instill in you these very firm boundaries and guidelines and rules to follow for life that, oh my gosh, actually make you a more respectable human being. And actually make you be more respectful to other people and actually say, you know, like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir, that sort of thing. Just out of respect for people. Hmm. And so it Weird didn't start. Works. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but it's all from those clear and consistent things that you do day in and day out mm-hmm. where like, okay, so let's think about it. So what if she squirts the dog with water? The dog gets wet. Not a big deal. Like the the actual act is not a big deal, but mm-hmm. the the fact here is that we're trying to instill in her kind of in the same way. Like, okay, I'm gonna do bench press or I'm gonna do leg press. This one rep, not a big deal. But if I miss enough single reps over time, I'm not gonna get to where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. For those that don't speak gym, uh, rep is repetition. So, um, in the same way, it's like, okay, she squared the dog. Whatever, it's not a big deal. But the fact that I had told her, do not squirt the dog, and I even explicitly said, this is something I learned just from teaching. I said, if you squirt the dog, here's what will happen. Right. And she squirted the dog, and guess what happened? Big shocker, she went to timeout. So doing those things over time with enough discipline from my end to maintain that discipline in her life, eventually she will have those own guardrails in her mind of like, okay, Dad, and, and this is the other part of it, like dad wouldn't ask me to do something crazy. Mm-hmm. At least not something that's going to injure me, right? It's not something that's going to be detrimental to me. It's not going to be absolutely crazy to me. So he told me to do this thing. I'm going to do it. Yep. And it's in, in the same way when you have a boss at work, like if they tell you to do something, of course we can get into, well, my moral compass says that was unethical. No, not, we're not talking about that. We're just saying that there are disciplined guidelines in your life that are put there from hopefully your parents or people that you look up to that are influential in your life. And so the the end result here, and this is what I've been trying to drive home from the beginning, the thread I've been pulling on very hard is for any of us, we can have amazing outcomes of, to things, a great yard, um, to put it bluntly, a great body, uh, or be a great accomplishment. If you want to run a marathon or whatever, you can have those amazing outcomes and have that delayed gratification if we just simply do the little things with a a healthy level of stubbornness Mm -hmm. some call it persistence i like to put a fun twist on it call it healthy stubbornness and daily discipline Mm -hmm. you can have those things it's it's following through on that one last rep it's following through on okay sure it's just squirting a dog dogs get bass whatever he's wet but following through on do discipline or, or disobeying is not allowed direct disobedience is not allowed like if you want to say but daddy i want to and talk it out sure okay 
but direct disobedience is not allowed. Following through on those things, pulling that crabgrass out of your yard when you see it pop up, that you know that one little thing after you have a healthy yard. I just got sick a little bit. Yeah, right? So all of those things lead to, like I said, an amazing yard, an amazing body, an amazing kid. Mm-hmm. And whatever capacity you want to project that into your own situation as your podcast, those things are all possible. I'm I'm here to excite you and hopefully motivate you. Like, keep going. Like, look back on this year with fondness and be like, you know what? This was the year that I stuck mm-hmm. to my freaking New Year's resolution or New Year's goal. I think there's a difference there, but we won't get into it. But if it's just a great reminder to get back to that thing or to finally do the task that you've been thinking about for the last three years, here's a quote from uh, the book Discipline Equals Freedom, Field Manual by Jocko Willink, one of my favorite people. I actually took a selfie a second ago. Um, I've got a sticker, a decal of what he says from his podcast, get after it. Um, But he was a Navy SEAL commander, runs a leadership consulting company called Echelon Front, and also has a podcast, Apple Jocko podcast. Uh, None of this is a paid advertisement. I'm just a big fan. Here's the quote. Stop thinking about it. Stop dreaming about it. Stop researching every aspect of it. Start, just start doing it. Take that first step and make it happen. Get after it. And that's the sticker that I have on my water bottle. Hmm. Um, I can't emphasize enough how much the little steps, the little decisions can create massive results if done with consistently consistency over time. And even Jocko's advice, like, <laughs> just start doing it. Okay, that sounds really easy. But his advice there is take that first step. For, for some of you, you already took that first step like last week or for Ben, you know, get back in the workout routine. It may not be the first step, but it may be the next step. Just you have that ability to pick your foot up, whether figuratively or literally, pick it up, move it forward, pick up your foot, move forward. And I, I know that if you do that with consistency throughout the year, you will then have um, an amazing year that you look back on and there could have been other things that blow up around you, but you know that you maintain discipline, you maintain consistency and you achieve some massive results. So what is it for you? This is for the people listening. Is there something you want to tackle this week, this month, this year, write it on your mirror, get a dry erase marker. They're cheap. I know. Cause I was a teacher and they were my favorite things. Fun fact. Um, write it on your mirror. Write down whatever your goal is for the week, or um, if you don't like writing it down, I don't know, tattoo it on yourself. Tweet it at us. How about how about that? Yeah, we have a um, we're so Mike and I are starting. Um, we're this is the first pod, and so we're just kind of we're kind of getting things going and getting the ball rolling, and so we're uh, we're still developing all of the you know the ins and outs and this and that, but um, we are going to start a Twitter. Uh, that's a good that's a good way to for people to get a hold of us. If you've got like. Tweet us your goal. I don't mind if you tweet at my personal account um, right now. It's uh, at Micah D. Brown. That's M-I-C-A-H D and then Brown like the color. All one word, uh, lowercase. And you can tweet me what your goal is because um, I'm, I'm the type of person, unless we have just a massive amount of people uh, listening, you know, years from now, listening to this podcast, I'm going to probably get a tweet like, yeah, so here's my goal. And you talk. Oh, Right. Um, so I'll try to respond and that sort of thing, but definitely tweet us out your goals of what you want to tackle. Ben, what about you? You got any goals that you're trying to 
tackle yourself? Man, so I've got I've got to get this whole back in routine for working out. Um, this is my first week back, and I'm oh I'm I'm achy. Um, <laughs> but no, it's actually really funny. So like where I'm sore, like I'm noticeably like I'm miserable sore. Um, but there's also a second side of that where like I actually feel really good. Um, it's kind of a weird. I if, for people who have done any sort of lifting or any sort of fitness you, you know what i'm talking about like you're sore but you feel good yep. um so that's kind of where i'm at is i'm just trying to get through you know 14 21 days get out of my like sore um i've got a bunch of projects around the house that i gotta um do but i am not necessarily uh i've never been super super handyman um as i've gotten older i've realized that like if i don't fix things nobody will right so um, yep. I'm very quickly learning how to uh, do this, that, and the other. So um, I've got some projects at the house that I need to tackle, and um, big ones. Getting back in routine for lifting, though. So, what about yeah, you? That's good. Uh, so one of them is actually this podcast. Okay. Getting things rocking and rolling. Um, being disciplined about that. <clears throat> Another one. I'm trying to stay on top of a, a four-day workout routine. And even like last week, uh, I did not get my last day in, uh, for reasons I won't go into. I, I knew that I would have to make up for it. I think my, my reasons were fairly valid. Uh, it involved family and just trying to sure. take care of things, yeah, but, yeah. um, I don't think that's an excuse to completely miss out on the day. So I made it up on day, uh, when it wouldn't interfere with my family and also had that same workout today, but nonetheless, my goal there is kind of multifaceted one is i we're talking about little things right so <laughs> the little thing here to me is go to the gym four days a week i have the workouts written out for me i actually pay joe to do that mm -hmm. and he sends those to me so i i take care of it that way but that leads to i'm actually trying to lower my body fat percentage i want to to get back under 20 i'm currently like 22 um i'd like to get to 18 Ideally by my birthday, which is the end of April, mm -hmm. um, but going, we're celebrating our five-year anniversary in May. Anniversary's in June, but uh, we want to celebrate it in May. We're going on a cruise. So mm, obviously, if you're going to walk around with your shirt off, like you, you want to look good, you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. um, I used to be 9% body fat and then graduated college, got a you know big boy job. But even then, I was... When I was by myself or, or not married, I should say, uh, I was eating like chicken and vegetables. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And, yeah. You know, occasionally like oatmeal. And then I met Elizabeth. And I, I mean this, uh, I've said this to her plenty of times, so she knows I'm like joking. It's actually more of a compliment than anything, but I blame her for putting on weight. <laughs> like she can cook way too well. Right. It's just, it's too good. And I, this is actual fact like this there's no exaggeration in this whatsoever the first time that she made ribs for me i was like so where's your grill she goes no i cooked them in the oven and in my mind i'm like alert 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 you don't cook ribs in the oven you know and so uh you cook them on the grill well i thought whatever this this will be fine and um she puts the ribs on my plate hands me the plate and uh i go to <laughs> grab the bone from the like ribs obviously go to grab the bone as i picked it up the meat stayed on the plate and the bone came up hmm. and i was like okay wait that's a good sign <laughs> um wait a minute i know what that means you know so like that whole 
the meat just falls off the bone. No, it lit- quite literally fell off the bone. Yeah. So I, I eat it up and I'm like, oh, that's so good. I'm pretty sure she might uh, be able to correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I ate a full rack by myself. Uh, and that's just like a testament. I Like at that time, she did not realize that. I'm basically a human vacuum and whatever you set in front of me, I'm going to, I'm going to eat it. I think and, my wife would say the same thing. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I was like, so there's this thing called portion control. Let's work on that. But anyway, all that being said, I want to get back to um, just honestly, I, and this is not for, for anybody else. It's for me. I just want to feel like myself. I currently don't feel like myself kind of like back when I was looking in the mirror thinking like, who's this skinny dude, you know, he needs to put on some weight, but, now I kind of feel the opposite of like, okay, I got a little bit more insulation than I wish I had. Um, and Elizabeth's like, babe, you look great. I'm not really worried about it. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm not like, that's what doing they're this supposed for you. to say, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like she'll compliment my arms and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but my stomach, you know, and then there's whole, the whole issue of like, I do enjoy craft beer, um, pine house pizza, big shout out to them. They're fantastic people, but I, I try to maintain that like just to the weekends if I'm going to have a beer. Cause I know that I would love to be a sommelier, but for beer, but Elizabeth looked into it and apparently you like have to have some sort of degree. And I was like, never mind, too much work. Oh. Um, but like, I actually <laughs> love the, the taste and I enjoy tasting the different flavors and seeing all that, but it adds weight to your belt line. So goal carbs, would be carbs. for sure. Um, I, I would love to drop to 18% body fat at a minimum. If I'm gaining some traction, I'd love to keep going. But you want to talk about discipline, man, I could chow down on some Reese's peanut butter cups mm. pretty much any day, anytime, mm. except right after you brush your teeth. Cause we all know that's disgusting. Oh, um, it's like the worst, right? Yeah. So that's my goal. Uh, in short, past that, that's, I try to keep it simple in my life um i'm trying to find practical ways to show elizabeth love um in ways that she receives love not just what's easy for me um and i know the access service is a big thing and so i've been trying to take over taking care of dinner um, like she'll make it on sundays but like it's not always put together sometimes i do have to actually like physically cook something so i've been trying to take that over for her and that's right. actually why i couldn't do my workout the other day um work pushed into that time and so mm-hmm. i just said guess i'm not working out um but yeah that's about it the little things you put into your marriage pay off for sure that's why i still play video games because she's like yeah i know you love me Uh, and she has her own nights but anyway yeah so that's that's pretty much it um is there anything else you want to add i'd I'd love to wrap us up here yeah no i'm good you go ahead yeah so we're not getting paid to advertise these for the record uh we just think they're solid resources so i guess this is more of an endorsement than um an advertisement but for now uh we'd like to pay tribute to the best resource we know google just kidding yeah, no it's true in youtube it's so true YouTube's yeah, up there with google which my, google my... owns so yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. again back to google but uh yeah so google definitely the jocko podcast uh, i really enjoy listening to jocko and echo talking about things getting real about all sorts of things um the book that a couple books that i referenced here one was discipline equals freedom the field manual by jocko willink he has a few other books out there that's his most recent addition to the library he is writing and then the other book i mentioned was switch how to change things when change is hard by chip and dan heath 
that is one that really breaks down in three areas, the rider, the elephant, and the path, how you can address change to make lasting changes in your life. Um, as we continue in the podcast, I'm sure there will be other resources that we can attribute. If we ever mention something that's impacted our lives, we want to share that with you. It kind of goes back to what Ben was saying. You know, there are things in my life that I, I'm not perfect. I haven't done everything perfectly, but I've, I've experienced enough to the point where I want to be able to share those things with other people in the hopes that just maybe one thing I said could help them. And in the same way, if there's a book or a podcast or even a video that has impacted my life in a positive way, I want to share that. I know Ben feels the same way. So that's the point here. It's not a paid advertisement whatsoever. It's just these are things that have helped us and we want to be able to help you guys that are listening. Um, So as always, tweet out to us. Uh, This will always be something available. Uh, I already said my tag, my Twitter handle is at Micah D. Brown. That's M-I-C-A-H-D Brown, all one word, lowercase. So um, hit me up with your goals and we will uh, probably on the next podcast, maybe talk about an official Twitter handle. And yeah, Instagram we'll have an official, and all that we'll, stuff. we'll get a Twitter handle going. We'll get an Insta going. Social needs. Um, yeah, we'll get, we'll get, if, if people want to reach us, we want. Uh, At TikTok. Yeah, I can figure that thing out. Um, yeah, you don't need to give me any reason to be any more uh, absurd than I already am. And TikTok is just screaming for me to make silly videos um yep. so yeah no we'll have all the socials all the if somebody wants to get in touch with us they'll be able to get in touch with us so we'll have that for next time for sure all right guys that's all we got take care till next time bye till next time